Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and Intentional Ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone. We've got a handful of headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into protected areas and rules and regs. These stories are truly incredible and also reminders to me that conservation can actually work. Before we jump into the actual news though, I, I want to extend sympathy, admiration, and gratitude to both Thomas Lovejoy and E.O. Wilson. Both of these icons of conservation passed away last weekend and it has affected me, Austin, and all of us here at Pelicanus heavily. Dr. Lovejoy was such a joy and inspiration when we had the absolute gift of speaking with him last year for our Conservation Conversations podcast episode. This man has a career that we should all aspire to in this field, and he shared his many years of dedication and passion with his usual wisdom and cheeky smile. And... We all appreciated it. The loss of E.O. Wilson felt particularly difficult. Um, while we never had the opportunity to meet with him, Dr. Wilson's books and lectures are directly responsible for making me a conservationist. He was one of the first thinkers that I read and studied, and I would like to believe his influence is seen through all of my own work and through much of why and how Pelicanus came about as Austin was building the project and nonprofit. Beyond his incredible insect and ant work, Dr. Wilson gave us the powerful paradigm-shifting ideas of island biogeography, sociobiology, biophilia, consilience, and half-earth. However, I'm personally grateful for the final avenue he took in his writing career with the social conquest of Earth, the meaning of human existence, and the origins of creativity. These three texts have influenced my own thinking and work significantly, and I'm humbled by his innovative genius. Thank you, um, Dr. Lovejoy and Dr. Wilson. Um, thank you. I think they would appreciate us walking into some of the actual news. The first category we have is protected areas. And the, the one news article we have here is out of treehugger.com. Portugal creates Europe's largest marine protected area. Portugal on Monday announced the creation of the largest marine protected area in Europe. The new reserve protects 2,677 square kilometers around the Selvagens Islands, an archipelago in the North Atlantic that sits halfway between the Canary Islands and Madeira. The new reserve expands existing protections put in place for seabirds and moves the world closer to the goal of protecting 30% of land and water by 2030. When we say the largest marine reserve in Europe, it's exciting because it really is a sense of leadership and ambition. Paul Rose of Pristine Seas, who led an expedition to the islands in 2015, tells Treehugger. 
In the context of the 3030 target, Portugal's announcement shows that we can actually do this, he added. Our second and last category here, we've got a few headlines here. First one's out of mongabay.com. Papua court ruling a win for local government indigenous groups against palm oil. A lawsuit by two palm oil companies to overturn a decision by a district government revoking their permits has been rejected by a court in Indonesia. The ruling, which can still be appealed by the firms, would allow the government of Sarong District in West Papua Province to take over the company's concessions, which span a combined area larger than New York City. It also paves the way for indigenous communities whose territory fell within the concessions to finally have their land rights officially recognized. The Sarong government still faces two other lawsuits filed by a third company whose permit it also revoked. A ruling is expected before the end of the year. The second uh, headline here is out of livekindly.com. Italy announces nationwide fur farming ban. Italy could ban fur farming and shut down all active operations over the next few months. The Budget Committee of the Italian Senate voted to approve a modified amendment to a budget law that would permanently ban the Italian fur farming industry nationwide. Animals currently farmed in the country include foxes, raccoon dogs, chinchillas, and mink. So far, COVID-19 outbreaks have been confirmed on approximately 465 mink farms across 12 countries, and studies indicate that the susceptibility of this species in particular to the coronavirus, combined with the cramped, unsanitary conditions of factory fur farming in general, make the industry a high-risk environment for this and any future pandemics. The ban would see Italy's remaining fur farms discontinued by June 30, 2022, and sets out 3 million euros in compensation for farmers and workers affected by the forced closures. And our last headline here is also from livekindly.com. This is a really interesting one, and I'm really curious to see what happens with this. Spanish law no longer considers animals objects. Spain has passed a new animal welfare law recognizing animals as sentient beings. The country will no longer consider pets and wild animals as quote-unquote objects, according to the legislation. Spain's lower house, the Congress of Deputies, passed the new law. It received majority approval, except by the country's far-right Vox Party, which opposed the legislation. Animals will now have greater legal protections under the law. Although wild animals are included in the legislation, it largely, largely protects domesticated animals. In the case of a divorce or separation, an animal's overall well-being must first be addressed before it's separated from its owners. The law also makes it illegal for animals to be mistreated or abandoned. It's a step forward, and it says that in separations and divorces, the arrangement that will be applied to the animals will take into account not only the interests of the humans, but also of the animal. Maria Gonzalez Lasabex explained. Gonzalez is a member of Intercids, an, an animal welfare, welfare organization. So hopefully that is one step along the line for more rights of nature, but we'll see. All right, I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to your month and to the end of the year, and I look forward to sharing more um, in upcoming 2022. Thanks.